0: Hello, everyone, and how are you? Welcome back to Sidecar Stories. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Um, I hope everyone's having a good week. I know I am so far. Uh... Today was definitely a, a good day for me. I really enjoy the um, the adventure that we've been having, and today we had the excellent part one of an arena fight in Chatplay's Dungeon World. Uh, yesterday we made a lot of progress with our uh, our playthrough of Disco Elysium. We're learning a lot. We're solving a mystery. <laughs> Twenty two, Mr. Foos, Freya Hawk. Hello, Oddman. How are you? Baby Zay, hello. Welcome, Baby Zay, that's a new name. Glad to have you here for your first time, first time live. Saf the Sage, hello. Welcome, Story Cat, how's it going? Fantastic, thank you, Story Cat, I appreciate it. I Hope y'all are doing well. Um, It has been, it's been an interesting week for me, but it's been a pretty good week. Pretty good week i hope you're all having a good week as well uh let me know by the way how my audio is sounding um i've been having some odd little uh moments with my mic i guess i would say um so let me know how it's looking how it's sounding rather crisp and clear okay fantastic is it is it loud enough that's the main question i have is it loud enough and also am i See, I, on my end, it feels like I'm getting some stuff kind of blown out. Of course. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Unacceptable. Sorry. Ooh, that was rough. Definitely definitely loud enough? Okay. Alright. Hopefully, hopefully, that would... The gain's a little high? Okay, thank you. How about... How about if I keep it down there? Is that better? Is that loud enough? We've had issues in the past where, um, if I turn, if I don't turn my gain up, then uh, option. What, what is this? Option B is option B okay? Still seems a little sensitive, but it's definitely loud enough. Okay, I'll I'll turn my gain down a little bit more. A bit blown out. Yeah, I definitely I definitely don't want it to be blown out. That drives me crazy. Twenty-two. hopefully it's um hopefully it's only the video that's a little laggy which shouldn't matter too much hopefully the audio is okay what's the sitch on that it seemed like my audio is lagging as well Cormac McLaggan perhaps that was a terrible joke laggy um okay how are we doing am I still blown out hopefully this should be this should be stable now. How's this? Looking good? Sounding good? Okay, cool. My bad on the feedback. That's my bad. I apologize. So, how's everyone's week going? I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all doing extremely well. Um, I know it's, uh, well, it's been been a complicated week for a lot of people, and... um, you know, not just complicated, I don't want to minimize anything, but uh, I hope I hope you can find some peace right now. Um, oh yeah, it sounds like a couple of people have had better weeks, good. Um, we are going to get into our chapter. Um, what can you tell me about what we read last week? That's important. Feedback, the not the feedback, the review is important. Let's talk about what we saw last week. So our, our chapters last week were The House of Gaunt and Hermione's Helping Hand. Sander says, I've got a bigger summary of what happened. I can send it uh, or give somebody else a chance. <laughs> Sander's ready with the, uh, with the review. Tell you what, Sander, give it a little bit of a delay. I want to hear what everybody says and then drop it in there. We'll talk about it. Rachel says, Dumbledore shows up at the beginning of Voldemort's actual story. Indeed. Yeah, the House of Gaunt. We see, um, following the memories of an investigator from the um, Department of Magical Law Enforcement, we see the beginnings of Tom Riddle's story, Voldemort's story. You know, we see, um, we see, well, it's uh, Tom Riddle's grandfather. Marvolo riddle um, and uh, the, the sort of uh, backwoods, very um, very difficult life that he lives uh, with his son and daughter. Um, uh, the son and the father, um, Marvolo and uh, let's see the, 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 the father is Marvolo um, and uh, his son make things very, very difficult for Meripi Gaunt, who is Tom Riddle's mother. And eventually, um, after magical law enforcement comes and busts the whole house, um, she escapes. She has a child by nefarious means with um, with, uh, uh, a a handsome muggle from the village nearby. And then uh, after that muggle sort of figures out he's being duped, um she goes and uh disappears for a while with the child. And we, we we're gonna find out more about that in a little bit today. Freya says, Well, we saw a bit about the Gaunt Family, experienced the coolness of the pensive, and had a chat with Hagrid. Indeed. Freya says, never thought I'd feel bad for a giant spider, but somehow I did. Um yeah, the uh the the spider incident. Um we know a little bit about Aragog the Spider. This is a i think hagrid would consider aragog a friend um the uh this friend is an enormous spider and it appears to be sick ailing likely going to pass away soon um in fact uh it has really roughed up hagrid's mood Oh, I didn't even see that there was a discussion about my pronunciation of Merapi. I think, yeah, I, I was pretty confident in that one. Not a question in my mind. Last week there was, yeah, I missed it, Mr. Foose. What are you going to do? By the way, everybody, uh, y'all can thank uh, Mr. Foose in uh, Mixer Chat for uh, a lot of the image collection for today and uh, for the last few weeks as well. Um, Mr. Foose went around and found a lot of the art that I'm going to be using today, so... It is going to be, uh, it's going to be a very colorful chapter. Very colorful two chapters. Um, so, uh, let's see. What did Xander put together for us? Harry went to his first private lesson with Dumbledore. Dumbledore took out his pensive and explained that they needed to learn about Voldemort's childhood. Um, and remember, we're delving now into the territory of some guesswork. Um, you know, they've, they, they know a little bit from these memories, but now after this, after what we talked about with, uh, um tom riddle's grandfather and his mother Um, now we start to get into some guesswork some trying to understand some things between the lines between the memories that can actually find about people Um, uh, he and uh marvolo and his son morphin attack using magic um let's see Uh, Gryffindor had its Quidditch team tryouts indeed Uh, this year the team consists of Harry who was the captain Ron, Ginny, Katie Bell, Demelza Robbins, Jimmy Peaks, and Richie Coot. Afterwards they visit Hagrid and he's not happy at first. um, Their their guess is that it's because they're not taking the um, Care of Magical Creatures class anymore but it turns out it's more because of Aragog the giant spider being very sick. Uh, By the time they leave, he was considerably more cheerful. Back in Gryffindor, Harry was told that Snape wants him to report to his office at 8.30 for a detention. Yes, indeed. All right, folks, I think that's a solid little uh, review. Um, As per usual, if you've got anything you'd like to discuss, I would love to talk about it. Please go ahead and put it in chat, and we'll talk about it at a chapter break or um, maybe later on between chapters. Let's see. I'm trying to center myself a little bit more. So, everyone, everyone has to stay centered. <laughs> Denise, good to see you. Okay. Let's get started, shall we? Let's see. This is Chapter 12. I probably want to be at the start of Chapter 12, don't I? Yes, Indeed. And remember, folks, if you are watching this in one week on, uh, if you're watching this in the YouTube premiere, that means that this is last week's episode, so as soon as this episode is over, head over to Mixer and Discord, because it's going live immediately after this one. For for everyone who is with me right now in Mixer, in Discord, I'm very glad to have you here today. So, let's begin. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Chapter 12, Silver and Opals. Where was Dumbledore and what was he doing? Just a second, let me go turn off the noisemaker. Hold on. Yep, two chapters tonight. Where was Dumbledore and what was he doing? Harry caught sight of the headmaster only twice over the next few weeks. He rarely appeared at meals anymore, and Harry was sure Hermione was right in thinking that he was leaving the school for days at a time. Had Dumbledore forgotten the lessons he was supposed to be giving Harry? Dumbledore had said that the lessons were leading to something to do with the prophecy. Harry had felt bolstered, comforted, and now he felt slightly abandoned halfway through their october halfway through october came their first trip of the term to hog'smeade harry had wondered whether these trips would still be allowed given the increasingly tight security measures around the school but was pleased to know that they were going ahead it was always good to get out of the castle grounds for a few hours harry woke up early on the morning of the trip which was proving stormy and whiled away the time until breakfast by reading his copy of advanced potion making He did not usually lie in bed reading his textbooks. That sort of behavior, as Ron rightly said, was indecent in anybody except Hermione, who was simply weird that way. Harry felt, however, that the Half-Blood Prince's copy of Advanced Potion Making hardly qualified as a textbook. The more Harry pored over the book, the more he realized how much was in there. Not only the tiny hints and shortcuts on potions that were earning him such glowing reputation with Slughorn, but also the imaginative little jinxes and hexes scribbled in the margins, which Harry was sure, judging by the crossings out and revisions, that the prince had invented himself. Harry had already attempted a few of the prince's self-invented spells. There had been a hex that caused toenails to grow alarmingly fast. He had tried this jinx on Crab in the corridor, with very entertaining results. A jinx that glued the tongue to the roof of the mouth which he had used twice in general applause to an unsuspecting filch. Let's try that one more time. Which he had used twice to general applause on an unsuspecting Argus filch. And perhaps most useful of all, Muffliato, a spell that filled the ears of anybody nearby with an unidentifiable buzzing so that lengthy conversations could be held in class without being overheard. The only person who did not find these charms amusing was Hermione, who managed a rigidly disapproving expression throughout and refused to talk at all if Harry had used the Muffliato spell on anyone in the vicinity. Sitting up in bed, Harry turned the book sideways so as to examine more closely the scribbled instructions for a spell that seemed to have caused the prince some trouble. There were many crossings out and alterations, but finally, crammed into a corner of the page the scribble, Levacorpus, and in parentheses, NVBL. While the wind and sleet pounded relentlessly on the windows, and Neville snored loudly, Harry stared at the letters in brackets. N-V-B-L. That had to mean nonverbal. Harry rather doubted he would be able to bring off this particular spell. He was still having difficulty with nonverbal spells, something Snape had been quick to comment on in every Defense Against the Dark Arts class. On the other hand, the prince had proved a much more effective teacher than Snape so far. Pointing his wand at nothing in particular, he gave an upward flick and said, Levacorpus inside his head it was a flash of light and the room was full of voices everyone had woken up as Ron had let out a yell Harry sent advanced potion making flying in a panic Ron was dangling upside down in midair as though an invisible hook had hoisted him up by the ankle I'm sorry, yelled Harry as Dean and Seamus roared with laughter and Neville picked himself up from the floor having fallen out of bed hang on, I'll let you down He groped for the potion book and riffled through it in a panic, trying to find the right page. At last, he located it and deciphered one cramped word underneath the spell. Praying that this was the counter-jinx, Harry thought, Libera corpus, with all his might. There was another flash of light, and Ron fell into a heap on his mattress. Sorry, repeated Harry weakly, while Dean and Seamus continued to roar with laughter. Tomorrow said Ron in a muffled voice. I'd rather that you set the alarm clock. By the time they had got dressed, patting themselves out with several of Mrs. Weasley's hand-knitted sweaters and carrying cloaks, scarves, and gloves, Ron's shock had subdued. Let's try that again. Ron's shock had subsided, and he had decided that Harry's new spell was highly amusing. So amusing, in fact, that he lost no time in regaling Hermione with the story as they sat down for breakfast. And then there was another flash of light and I landed on the bed again. Ron grinned, helping himself to sausages. Hermione had not cracked a smile during this antidote. Antidote, hello. Too much Dungeon World. During this anecdote and now turned an expression of wintry disapproval upon Harry. Was this spell, by any chance, another one from that potion book of yours? She asked. Harry frowned at her. Always want to jump to the worst conclusions, don't you? Was it? Well, yeah, it was, but so what? So you just decided to try out an unknown, handwritten incantation, just to see what would happen. Why does it matter if it's handwritten? said Harry, preferring not to answer the rest of the question. Because it's probably not Ministry of Magic approved, said Hermione. And also she added as Harry and Ron rolled their eyes because I'm starting to think that this prince character was a bit dodgy (laughs) that was some fun timing both Harry and Ron shouted her down at once it was a laugh, said Ron upending a ketchup bottle over his sausages just a laugh, Hermione, that's all dangling people upside down by the ankle, said Hermione who puts their time and energy into making up spells like that "'Fred and George,' said Ron, shrugging. "'It's their kind of thing. "'And... uh... "'My dad,' said Harry. "'He had only just remembered.' "'What?' said Ron and Hermione together. "'My dad used this spell,' said Harry. "'I... Lupin told me.' "'This last part was not true. "'In fact, Harry had seen his father use this spell on Snape.' "'but he had never told Ron and Hermione about that particular excursion into the pensive. "'Now, however, a wonderful possibility occurred to him. "'Could the half-blood prince possibly be—' "'Maybe your dad did use it, Harry,' said Hermione. "'But he's not the only one. "'We've seen a whole bunch of people use it, in case you've forgotten. "'Dangling people in the air, making them float along, asleep, helpless.' Harry stared at her. With a sinking feeling, he too remembered the behaviour of the Death Eaters at the Quidditch World Cup. Ron came to his aid. "'That was different,' he said robustly. "'They were abusing it. Harry and his dad were just having a laugh. You, "'You don't like the Prince, Hermione,' he added, pointing a sausage at her sternly. "'Because he's better at you, better than you at portions.' "'That's got nothing to do with it,' said Hermione, her cheeks reddening. "'I just think that it's very irresponsible to start performing spells when you don't know what they're for. "'Stop talking about the prince as if it's his title. "'I bet it's just a stupid nickname, and it doesn't seem as though he were a very nice person to me.' "'I don't see where you get that from,' said Harry heatedly. "'If he'd been a budding death-eater, he wouldn't have been boasting about being a half-blood, would he?' "'Even as he said it, Harry remembered that his father had been pure-blood.' But he pushed the thought out of his mind. He would worry about that later. The Death Eaters can't all be pure blood. There aren't enough pure blood wizards left," said Hermione stubbornly. "I expect most of them are half-bloods pretending to be pure. It's only Muggle-borns that they hate. They'd be quite happy to let you and Ron join up. There's no way that they'd let me be a Death Eater," said Ron indignantly. A bit of sausage flying off of the fork that he was now brandishing at Hermione and hitting Ernie McMillan in the head. My whole family are blood traitors. That's as bad as muggle-borns to death-eaters. And they'd love to have me, said Harry sarcastically. We'd be best pals if they didn't keep trying to do me in. This made Ron laugh. Even Hermione gave a grudging smile, and a distraction arrived in the shape of Ginny. Hey, Harry, I'm supposed to give you this. It was a scroll of parchment with Harry's name written upon it in familiar thin slanting writing. "Oh, thanks Ginny. It's Dumbledore's next lesson." Harry told Ron and Hermione, pulling open the parchment and quickly reading its contents. "Monday evening." He felt suddenly light and happy. "You want to join us in Hogsmeade, Ginny?" he asked. "I'm going with Dean. Might see you there." she replied, waving at them as she left. Filch was standing at the oak front doors as usual, checking off the names of people who had permission to go into Hogsmeade. The process took even longer than normal, as Filch was triple-checking everybody with his secrecy sensor. "'What does it matter if we're smuggling dark stuff out?' demanded Ron, eyeing the long, thin secrecy sensor with apprehension. "'Surely you ought to be checking what we bring back in?' His cheek earned him a few extra jabs with the sensor, and he was still wincing as they stepped out into the wind and sleet. Chatterbreak. How's it going, folks? Um, And this time I actually know exactly what I'm gonna ask you. Um, Here's my question. You're trying to prevent people from sneaking dark stuff into the school, right? What's your best method for preventing that? How are you going to keep that? How are you going to keep that in check? Because secrecy sensor, I mean, fine, great, but you're only getting people as they come in and out the door, right? Checking the mail seems like a decent option. What's your system, <laughs> Mister Foose? Um, let's see freya says i can't really remember when did harry's crush on cho kind of disappear and i think it was um mostly when uh let's see i think it was during the order of the phoenix if i remember correctly but it might have been slightly before that i think it was somewhere between order of the phoenix and uh um the book before but I think it was, I, I do think it was mostly order of the Phoenix mr. Foo says I think the end of order somehow sealed that deal um, and yeah I think it was just a matter of life being too complicated for both of them um, uh, you know she is trying to deal with some terrible grief and he is uh, dealing with um, you know grief of his own related to that event but also just some additional like wild complication. Um, just because of the danger that he was in and, and feelings of, of guilt. So I think them being together is just a constant reminder and, you know, maybe they could fight through it, but you know, is that worth it? They're attracted to each other, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily right. You know what I mean? And if it's not enriching either of their lives terribly, but it's also causing them some undue stress because they remind each other of this terrible event, then it just doesn't seem like it's right. Yeah, there's a lot of additional complication. Mr. Fu says she got jealous of him and Hermione at some point while she was stressed. And then he was terribly stressed because of uh, Sirius and, yeah, rough stuff. But uh, Courtney, Courtney does illuminate. Uh, she started dating Michael Corner. Um, and in the book, it says that it didn't bother Harry very much. His life seems different after Sirius's death. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, his, his life has definitely turned into a different chapter. Um, as of this he's no longer thinking in terms of just uh you know who who do i have a crush on right now tuna says x-ray spell luna's got those big specs that could be that could be x-ray specs yeah there's got to be some sort of uh, additional magical device now uh privacy definitely an issue with that yeah poor poor harry's got other things on his mind yes indeed um yeah kit in the discord says after the christmas kiss uh it was pretty much over after the valentine's day date when the whole thing went down with her friend yeah a little bit of that veritas serum yeah that would be a good one um, because then you can ask people directly not only you know like what do you have on you but do you have any bad intent here That's true all right let's continue And once again, I want to thank Mr. Foose for uh, finding some of this art. I think this is one of my favorite pictures that we've ever used uh, for the book so far. I love this, like, deep winter storm kind of thing. The walk into Hogsmeade was not enjoyable. Harry wrapped his scarf over his lower face. The exposed part soon felt both raw and numb. The road to the village was full of students bent double against the bitter wind. More than once, Harry wondered whether they might not have had a better time in the warm common room. When they finally reached Togsmead and saw that Zonko's joke shop had been boarded up, Harry took it as a confirmation that this trip was not destined to be fun. Ron pointed with a thickly gloved hand toward Honeyduke's, which was mercifully open, and Harry and Hermione staggered in his wake into the crowded shop. That's a little bit interesting. Um, I didn't actually realize um, that Zonko's joke shop had been boarded up here. I don't know if it's closed, but did um, did Weasley's Wizard Wheezes put it out of business? Or is it just boarded up because of the, uh, the dangerous events of the day? Something to think about. I'm not sure. Thank God, shivered Ron as they were enveloped by warm, toffee-scented air. Let's stay here all afternoon. "'Harry, my boy!' said a booming voice from behind them. "'Oh, no,' muttered Harry. The three of them turned to see Professor Slughorn, who was wearing an enormous furry hat and oversized and matching fur collar, clutching a large bag of crystallized pineapple and occupying at least a quarter of the shop. Good Lord, that's a tiny shop, or a massive human. "'Harry, that's three of my little suppers that you've missed now.' "'said Slughorn, poking him genially in the chest. "'Won't do, my boy. I am determined to have you. "'Miss Granger loves them, don't you?' "'Yes,' said Hermione helplessly. "'They're really?' "'So why don't you come along, Harry?' demanded Slughorn. "'Well, I've got Quidditch practice, Professor,' said Harry, "'who had indeed been scheduling practices every time Slughorn had sent him "'a little violet-ribbon-adorned invitation.' This strategy meant that Ron had not been left out, and they usually had a laugh with Ginny, imagining Hermione shut up with McClagan and Zabini. Well, I certainly expect you to win your first match after all this hard work, said Slughorn. But a little recreation never hurt anybody. Now, how about Monday night? You can't possibly want to practice in this weather. I can't, Professor. I've got uh, I, I've got an appointment with Professor Dumbledore that evening. Unlucky again," cried Slughorn dramatically. "Oh, well, you can't evade me forever, Harry." And with a regal wave, he waddled out of the shop, taking little notice of Ron as though he had been a display of cockroach clusters. "I can't believe that you've wriggled out of another one," said Hermione, shaking her head. "They're not—they're not that bad, you know." They're even quite fun sometimes. But then she caught the sight of Ron's expression. Oh, look, they've got deluxe sugar quills. Those would last hours. Glad that Hermione had changed the subject, Harry showed much more interest in the new extra-large sugar quills than he would normally have done. But Ron continued to look moody and merely shrugged when Hermione had asked him where he wanted to go next. Let's go to the Three Broomsticks, said Harry. Harry. It'll be warm. They bundled their scars back over their faces and left the sweet shop. Their bitter wind was like knives on their faces after the sugary warmth of Honeyduke. What sugary warmth of Honeydukes? Got my consonants mixed up. The street was not very busy. Nobody was lingering to chat; just hurrying toward their destinations. The exceptions were two men a little ahead of them, standing just outside the three broomsticks. One was very tall and thin. Squinting through his rain-washed glasses, Harry recognized the barman who had worked at the other Hogsmeade pub, the Hogshead. As Harry, Ron, and Hermione drew closer, the barman drew his cloak more tightly around his neck and walked away, leaving the shorter man to fumble with something in his arms. They were barely feet from him when Harry realized who the man was. Mundungus! The squat, bandy-legged man with long, straggly ginger hair jumped and dropped an ancient suitcase which burst open, releasing what looked like the entire contents of a junk-shop window. "'Oh, hello, Harry,' said Mundungus Fletcher with a most unconvincing stab at Airiness. "'Oh, well, don't let me keep you,' and he began scrabbling on the ground to retrieve the contents of his suitcase with every appearance of a man eager to be gone." "'Are you selling this stuff?' asked Harry, "'watching Mundungus grab an assortment of grubby-looking objects from the ground. "'Oh, well, got a scrape a living,' said Mundungus. "'Give me that!' "'Ron had stooped down and picked up something silver. "'Hang on,' said Ron slowly. "'This looks familiar.' "'Thank you,' said Mundungus, "'snatching the goblet out of Ron's hand and stuffing it back into the case. "'Well, I'll, I'll see all—' Ouch! Harry had pinned Mundungus against the wall of the pub by the throat. Holding him fast with one hand, he pulled out his wand. <gasps> Harry! <gasps> squealed Hermione. You took that from Sirius's house, said Harry, who was almost nose to nose with Mundungus and was breathing in an unpleasant smell of old tobacco and spirits. That had the black family crest on it. Oh, no, no what? Sputtered Mundungus, who was slowly turning purple. "'What did you do? Go back the night he died and strip the place?' snarled Harry. Uh, "'No! Give it to me!' "'Harry, you mustn't!' shrieked Hermione as Mundungus started to turn blue. There was a bang, and Harry felt his hands fly off Mundungus's throat. Gasping and sputtering, Mundungus seized his fallen case, then... <coughs> he disapparated. Harry swore at the top of his voice, spinning on the spot to see where Mundungus had gone... COME BACK, YOU THIEVING- THERE'S NO POINT, Harry. Tonks had appeared out of nowhere. Her mousy, wet hair- Let's try that again. Her mousy hair, wet with sleet. Mundungus will probably be in London by now. There's no point yelling. He's nicked Ceres' stuff! He's nicked it! Eh, yeah, but still- said Tonks, who seemed perfectly untroubled by this piece of information- You should get out of the cold. She watched them go through the door of the three broomsticks. The moment he was inside, Harry burst out. He was nicking Sirius's stuff. I know, Harry, but please don't shout. People are staring, whispered Hermione. Go and sit down. I'll get you a drink. Harry was still fuming when Hermione returned to their table a few minutes later, holding three bottles of butterbeer. Can't the Order control Mundungus? Harry demanded of the other two in a furious whisper. Can't they at least stop him from stealing everything that's not fixed down when he's at the headquarters? Shh," said Hermione desperately, looking around to make sure that nobody was listening. There were a couple of warlocks sitting close by who were staring at Harry with great interest, and Zabini was lolling against a pillar not far away. Harry, I would be annoyed too. I know it's your things that he's stealing. Harry gagged on his butterbeer. He had momentarily forgotten that he owned number 12 Grimaud Place. (laughs) There, yes, it's my stuff, he said. No wonder he wasn't pleased to see me. Well, I'm going to tell Dumbledore what's been going on. He's the only one who scares Mundungus. Good idea, whispered Hermione, clearly pleased that Harry was calming down. Ron? "'What are you staring at?' Uh, "'Nothing,' said Ron, hastily looking away from the bar. But Harry knew that he was trying to catch the eye of the curvy and attractive barmaid, Madame Rosmerta, for whom he had long nursed a soft spot. "'I expect nothing is in the back getting more fire-whiskey,' said Hermione waspishly. Ron ignored this jibe, sipping his drink in what was evidently considered a dignified silence.' Harry was thinking about Sirius, and how he had hated those silver goblets anyway. Hermione drummed her fingers on the table, her eyes flickering between Ron and the bar. The moment Harry drained the last drops in his bottle, she said, "'Shall we call it a day and go back to school then?' The other two nodded. It had not been a fun trip, and the weather was getting worse the longer they stayed.' Once again, they drew their cloaks tightly around them, rearranged their scarves, pulled on their gloves, then followed Katie Bell and a friend out of the pub and back up the high street. Harry's thoughts strayed to Ginny as he trudged up the road to Hogwarts through the frozen slush. They had not met up with her. Undoubtedly, thought Harry, because she and Dean were cozily closeted in Madame Puttifoot's tea shop, that haunt of happy couples. Scowling, He bowed his head against the whirling sleet and trudged on. It was a little while before Harry became aware of the voices of Katie Bell and her friend, which were being carried back to him on the wind, and that they had become shriller and louder. Harry squinted at the indistinct figures. The two girls were having an argument about something that Katie was holding in her hand. It's got nothing to do. Let's see. Oh, shoot. I had a voice picked out for it. It's got nothing to do with you, Leanne. Harry heard Katie say. They rounded a corner in the lane. Oh, shoot. That's the wrong one anyway. That's right. It's got nothing to do with you, Leanne. Harry heard Katie say. They rounded a corner in the lane, sleet coming thick and fast, blurring Harry's glasses. Just as he raised a gloved hand to wipe them, Leanne made to grab hold of the package that Katie was holding. Katie tugged it back, and the package fell to the ground. At once, Katie rose into the air, not as Ron had done, suspended comically by the ankle, but gracefully, her arms outstretched as though she were about to fly. Yet there was something wrong, something eerie. Her hair was whipping around her face by the fierce wind, but her eyes were closed, and her face was empty of expression. Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Leanne all halted in their tracks, watching. Then, six feet off the ground, Katie let out a terrible scream. Her eyes flew open, but whatever she could see or whatever she was feeling was clearly causing her terrible anguish, She screamed and screamed. Leanne started to scream, too, and seized Katie's ankles, trying to tug her back down to the ground. Harry, Ron, and Hermione rushed forward to help, but even as they grabbed Katie's legs, she fell on top of them. Harry and Ron managed to catch her, but she was writhing so much they could hardly hold her. Instead, they lowered her to the ground, where she thrashed and screamed, apparently unable to recognize any of them. Harry looked around. The landscape seemed deserted. "'Stay here!' He shouted at the others over the howling wind, I'm going for help. He began to sprint toward the school. He had never seen anyone behave as Katie had just behaved, and he could not think what had caused it. He hurtled around a bend in the lane and collided with what seemed to be an enormous bear on its hind legs. Hackridge, he panted, disengaging himself from the hedgerow into which he had fallen. "'Harry!' said Hagrid, who had sleet trapped in his eyebrows and beard, and was wearing his great shaggy beaver-skin coat. i just been visiting Grob, He's coming on so well, you wouldn't—' "'Hagrid, someone's hurt back there, or cursed or something.' "'What?' said Hagrid, bending lower to hear what Harry was saying over the raging wind. "'Someone has been cursed!' bellowed Harry. "'Cursed? Who's been cursed? Not Ron? Hermione?' No, it's not them. It's Katie Bell. This way. Together, they ran back along the lane. It took them no time to find the little group of people around Katie, who was still writhing and screaming on the ground. Ron, Hermione, and Leanne were all trying to quiet her. Get back, shouted Hagrid. Let me see her. Something's happened to her, sobbed Leanne. I don't know what... Hagrid stared at Katie for a second and then, without a word, bent down, scooped her into his arms, and ran off toward the castle with her. Within seconds, Katie's piercing screams had died away, and the only sound was the roar of the wind. Hermione hurried over to Katie's wailing friend and put an arm around her. It's Leanne, isn't it? The girl nodded. Did this just happen all of a sudden, or it was when that package broke sobbed leanne pointing at the now sodden brown paper package on the ground which had split open to repeal, which had split open to reveal a greenish glitter ron bent down his hand outstretched but harry seized his arm and pulled him back don't touch it and i apologize i see, i think i put these pictures out of order a little bit but that's okay harry crouched down An ornate opal necklace was visible, poking out of the paper. "'I've seen that before,' said Harry, staring at the thing. "'It was on display in Borgin and Burkes ages ago. "'The label said that it was cursed. Katie must have touched it.' "'He looked up at Leanne, who had started to shake uncontrollably. "'How did Katie get hold of this?' That's why they were arguing. Oh. That's why we were arguing. She came back from the bathroom in the three broomsticks holding it, and it was a surprise for somebody at Hogwarts. She had to deliver it. She looked all funny when she said it. Oh, no. Oh, and no, I bet she'd been imperious and I didn't realize. Leanne shook with renewed sobs. Hermione patted her shoulder gently. She didn't say who had given it to her, Leanne? No, she wouldn't tell me and I said she would being stupid and that she shouldn't take it up to the school but she just wouldn't listen and I tried to grab it from her and then... And... Leanne let out a wail of despair. We better get up to the school, said Hermione, her arms still around Leanne. We'll be able to find out how she is. Come on. Harry hesitated for a moment then pulled his scarf from around his face and ignoring Ron's gasp carefully covered the necklace in it and picked it up. ''We'll need to show this to Madame Pomfrey,'' he said. And they followed Hermione and Leanne up the road. Harry was thinking furiously. They had just entered the grounds when he spoke, unable to keep his thoughts to himself any longer. ''Malfoy knows about this necklace. It was in a case that Borgin and Burke had four years ago. I saw him having a good look at it while I was hiding from him and his dad. This is what he was buying that day when we followed him.'' He remembered it, and he went back for it. Ah, uh, I, I don't, I don't know, Harry," said Ron hesitantly. "Loads of people go into Borgin and Burks. and didn't that girl say that Katie got it in the girls' bathroom? She said that she came back from the bathroom with it. She didn't necessarily get it in the bathroom itself." McGonagall said Ron warningly. Harry looked up. Sure enough, Professor McGonagall was hurrying down the stone steps toward the swirling, through the swirling sleet to meet them. Hagrid says that you four saw what happened to Katie Bell upstairs to my office at once, please. What is that you're holding, Potter? It's the thing that she touched, said Harry. Good Lord, said Professor McGonagall, looking alarmed as she took the necklace from Harry. No, no, Filch, they're with me. She added hastily, as Filch came shuffling eagerly across the entrance hall, holding his secrecy sensor aloft. Take this necklace to Professor Snape at once, but to be sure not to touch it. Keep it wrapped in the scarf. Harry and the others followed Professor McGonagall upstairs and into her office. The sleet-spattered windows were rattling in their frames, and the room was chilly, despite the fire crackling in the grate. Professor McGonagall closed the door and swept around her desk to face Harry, Ron, Hermione, and the still-sobbing Leanne. "'Well?' she said sharply. "'What happened?' Haltingly, and with many pauses while she attempted to control her crying, Leanne told Professor McGonagall how, he- how Katie had gone to the bathroom in the three broomsticks and returned holding the unmarked package." how Katie had seemed a little odd, and how they had argued about the advisability of agreeing to deliver unknown objects, the argument culminating in the tussle over the parcel, which broke open. At this point, Leanne was so overcome, there was no getting another word from her. All right, said Professor McGonagall, not unkindly. Go up to hospital wing, please, Leanne. "'and get Madame Pomfrey to give you something for shock.' When she had left the room, Professor McGonagall turned back to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. "'What happened when Katie touched the necklace?' "'She rose up in the air,' said Harry, before either Ron or Hermione could speak, "'and then began to scream and collapsed. "'Professor, can I see Professor Dumbledore, please?' "'The headmaster is away until Monday, Potter.' "'said Professor McGonagall, looking surprised. "'Away!' Harry repeated angrily. "'Yes, Potter, away!' said Professor McGonagall tartly. "'But anything that you have to say about this horrible business "'can be said to me, I'm sure.' "'For a split-second, Harry hesitated. "'Professor McGonagall did not invite confidences. "'Dumbledore, though in many ways more intimidating, "'still seemed less likely to scorn a theory, however wild.' This was a life-and-death matter, though, and no moment to worry about being laughed at. I think Draco Malfoy gave Katie that necklace, Professor. On one side of him, Ron rubbed his nose in apparent embarrassment. On the other, Hermione shuffled her feet as though quite keen to put a bit of distance between herself and Harry. That is a very serious accusation, Potter. "'said Professor McGonagall, after a shocked pause. "'Do you have any proof?' "'No,' said Harry. "'But—' "'And he told her about the following— "'about following Malfoy to Borgin and Burkes, "'and the conversation they had overheard "'between him and Mr. Borgin. "'When he had finished speaking, "'Professor McGonagall looked slightly confused.' Melfoy took something to Borgen and Berks for repair. No, Professor, he wanted Borkin to tell him how to mend something. He didn't have it with him. But that's not the point. The thing is that he bought something at the same time, and I think it was that necklace. You saw Melfoy leaving the shop with a similar package. No, Professor, he told Borkin to keep it in the shop for him. But Harry, Hermione interrupted, Borgin asked him if he wanted to take it with him, and Malfoy said no. Because he didn't want to touch it, obviously, said Harry, angrily. What he actually said was, how would I look carrying that down the street? said Hermione. Well, it would look a bit of a pratt's carrying a necklace, interjected Ron. Oh, Ron, said Hermione despairingly. It would be all wrapped up, so he wouldn't have to touch it. It'd be quite easy to hide inside a cloak, so nobody would see it. I, I think whatever he... "'Reserved at Borgin and Burkes was noisy or bulky, "'something that he knew would draw attention to him "'if he carried it down the street. "'And in any case,' she pressed on loudly before Harry could interrupt, "'I asked Borgin about the necklace, don't you remember? "'When I went in to try and find out what Malfoy had asked him to keep, "'I saw it there, and Borgin just told me the price. "'He didn't say it was already sold or anything.' "'Well, you were being really obvious. "'He realised that what you were up to in about five seconds, "'of course he wasn't going to sell it to you. "'Anyway, Malfoy could have sent off for it since.' "'That is enough,' said Professor McGonagall, "'as Hermione opened her mouth to retort, looking furious. "'Potter, I appreciate you telling me this, "'but we cannot point the finger of blame at Mr Malfoy "'purely because he visited the shop "'where this necklace might have been purchased.' "'The same is probably true of hundreds of people.' "'That's what I said,' muttered Ron. "'And in any case, we have put stringent security measures in place this year. "'I do not believe that the necklace can possibly have entered this school without our knowledge. "'But—and what is more?' said Professor McGonagall, with an air of awful finality. "'Mr. Malfoy was not in Hogsmeade today.' Harry gaped at her, deflating. How do you know, Professor? Because he was doing detention with me. He has now failed to complete his transfiguration homework twice in a row, so thank you for telling me about your suspicions, Potter, she said as she marched past him. But I need to go up to the hospital wing now to check on Katie Bell. Good day to you all. She held open her office door. They had no choice but to file past her without another word. Harry was angry with the other two for siding with McGonagall. Nevertheless, he felt compelled to join in once they had started discussing what had happened. So, who do you think Katie was supposed to give the necklace to? Asked Ron as they climbed the stone stairs to the common room. That one was on me. I assumed it was going to say stone stairs. It just says stairs. For anybody who's turned this into a drinking game, uh, you don't have to for this one. As they climbed the stairs to the common room. goodness only knows, said Hermione, but whoever it was has had a narrow escape. No one could have opened that package without touching the necklace. It could have been meant for loads of people, said Harry. "'Dumbledore. The Death Eaters would love to get rid of him. He must have been one of their top targets. Or Slughorn. Dumbledore reckons Voldemort really wanted him, and they can't be pleased that he sided with Dumbledore. Or... or you,' said Hermione, looking troubled. "'It couldn't have been,' said Harry. "'Or Katie would have just turned around in the lane and given it to me, wouldn't she? I was behind her all the way out of the three broomsticks.' It would have made much more sense to deliver the parcel outside of Hogwarts, with that, what with Filch searching everyone who goes in and out. I wonder why Malfoy told her to take it into the castle. Harry, Malfoy wasn't in Hogsmeade, said Hermione, actually stamping her foot in frustration. He must have used an accomplice then, said Harry. Crab or Goyle, or come to think of it, another Death Eater. He'll have loads better cronies than Crab and Goyle now that he's joined up. Ron and Hermione exchanged looks that plainly said, there's no point arguing with him. Kill a grout, said Hermione firmly as they reached the fat lady. The portrait swung open to admit them into the common room. It was quite full and smelled of damp clothing. Many people seemed to have returned from Hogsmeade early because of the bad weather. There was no buzz of fear or speculation, however. Clearly... The news of Katie's fate had not yet spread. It wasn't a very slick attack, really, when you stop and think about it, said Ron, casually turfing a first-year out of one of the good armchairs by the fire so that he could sit down. The curse didn't even make it into the castle. It's not what you'd call foolproof. You're right, said Hermione, prodding Ron out of the chair with her foot and offering it to the first-year again. It wasn't very well thought out at all. Since when has Malfoy been one of the world's greatest thinkers? asked Harry. Neither Ron nor Hermione answered him. And that is the end of our first chapter. Remember, if you are watching this on the YouTube premiere, this is last week's chapter. That means that you can come over as soon as this chapter is over head to the discord or onto mixer you can find the links in the descriptions below and you will be able to join us for the new live show now if you're here with me currently if you're here in mixer or in discord thank you so very much for joining me it's been a blast so far we've got another chapter to go for today but we do of course have our uh our little intermission i'm gonna be taking a break for about five minutes um while we're here, I want to give some thank yous. Uh, as always, thank you to Tuna Sunday, um, who I think could basically be called my my manager at this point, my stream manager. Um, thank you very much to Mr. Foos, who has done some kind of, uh, you know, like Harry Potter uh, producer type stuff, our, our visual producer. Um, Mr. Foos, thank you very much. Um, Michaela, of course, thank you for uh, being the, the, <laughs> the beansmeister. Um, and uh, she's not in here right now, but... Maybe if she listens to this later. She listens to these to fall asleep sometimes. Thank you to Special Agent Cass for being the, uh, the Bean Special Agent. <laughs> She's out working on stuff right now. Um, and, uh, of course, thank you to uh, Crossy from, uh, from, uh, on Instagram for, um, for doing the, the sidecar art that we've been using recently. Um, and uh, I really appreciate everyone joining me today. I am going to be gone for about five minutes. We'll be back in a bit. But before I do that, let's check in again. Because I know that, like, the, the streaming medium, it's a lot about interaction, and I like to do that. Of course, it does make it a little bit challenging to listen to if I'm doing that constantly throughout the chapter. So I know there are some, like, big chunks of time where I don't get to talk to you guys very much. Um, uh, oh, and of course, a big thank you to uh, my my overall stream producer, Um uh, I haven't seen his name around in a while, but I do really appreciate everything. Um, uh, Sodderfish, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, what are we talking about in chat? What is the, What has the discussion been? Um, Holly Rose says, I think I heard somewhere that they had to mute that scene with Sirius' death because Daniel's screams were so real. It would have had to receive a higher rating. Oof. Oh, man, that is rough. I have never heard that before. Who knows? Like, I think a lot of people like to, to talk about, like, productions and and uh, stuff that's happened on set, but oof. Um, and uh, Freya says it's a really cool McGonagall. It was a cool McGonagall. People really do. And, yet, yeah, Mr. Fuse says people love drawing McGonagall. Look her up on uh, Behance. I don't know how to pronounce that word. B-E-H-A-N-C-E. Uh, Behance? 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 <laughs> Hey, you hear that buzzing? Oh, shoot. I think it just might be around me. Oh, shoot. I wore my B hat today. Um, Deviant Arts, Art Station. Yep. Yeah, McGonagall's got a really, just a great character. Like, at any age, too. Not just at the uh, at the the story age. Um, what else is going on? That's my favorite part of this, says Tuna. Yeah, me too. I really enjoy it, and I, I, I really like having y'all here. We've got 31 people here, and that's just on Mixer. It's not even counting the uh, the folks in Discord. Discord, congrats! I don't know. So, Kit Kick Kicker has put a picture in chat. Um, I believe it's from my Leanne voice, um, but I don't I don't recognize this shrew mole. What am I seeing there? What is that from? Mouse, mouse. I probably should have started with mouse shrew. <laughs> um, oh, it's from Zootopia. Gotcha. I see. Mr. Foo says, I think it's, uh, I think that's all it is shots. Let's see what shots talking about from what I see. It's an alternate name for a male witch, but it's also oath Oh, I'm missing something big. <laughs> the warlock, the bean queen. Oh, talking about warlock versus wizard. I see. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, y'all are talking why Jackson says there's a large argument about it within the pagan community over that title um yeah i think um i don't know anything about the the pagan community really um i know i know the very very minimum basics um but uh, i know in the uh in the in universe it seems to be simply like a title of authority rather than a, like a specific distinction um you know chief warlock of the wizard, wizard gamut i think warlock would be to say something like senator i guess does that sound right senator or councilman or something council person chief warlock of the Wizen gamut yeah they don't go into it much um tuna says warlock versus witch is typically used for male versus female i think and um mr Fu says that sounds right to me Wirejack jack says that's a big part of the argument tuna um yeah, my guess is, because I think paganism being, um, at least a lot of modern paganism being um, pretty in line with um, sort of, uh, I guess you would call it like liberally social tendencies. Uh, my guess is like drawing hard lines between genders in titles and such is... is. Uh, causing some some uh discussion like i said i don't i don't know about this discussion or or whether it would be characterized as an argument or what but uh i could see that let's see freya says i suppose that works yeah though it does seem super weird to say there were a couple of senators in the tavern or whatever it was there (laughs) it's true yeah um oh that's no okay that's a good point that's a good point they talked about it before i don't think i would have been terribly surprised it does seem like at least in the harry potter universe they use wizard and witch for male and female and that's about as much parsing as we get and so the fact that they did call it warlock that is an interesting one i guess it wouldn't be super strange to say like warlock uh like wouldn't be super strange to say like there were a couple of senators in the uh or like council people or what have you a couple of you know government workers in the tavern but it's an odd note it is odd that they would use it like that blessed conch says gotta sleep Listen the next chapter tomorrow <laughs> thanks sam love listening to you i love having you listen i hope you have a great night and i will see you all later yeah it is interesting it's definitely an odd note that they would make that distinction Kit says warlock was a separate distinction, wasn't it in the book and yeah it was it was i mean we don't get an explanation for what it actually means. We do know that Dumbledore was the chief Warlock of the Wizen gamut, and the Wizen gamut we understand is sort of a governing body or some sort of um some sort of group with some authority that we don't really understand um it seems that they they handle something involving like criminal prosecution at the very least um but, yeah, judges maybe? I don't know. It seems like a, a title that implies authority rather than like additional power or something. <laughs> Mr. Fu says, we'll eventually let Sam take the break. And it uh, looks like Freya Hawk is going to drop in some sweet info. I'm not going to read it until I get back. I'm going to take my break. It'll be five minutes. I did. I got, I got really, I got involved. You got me. You got me. That's right. This is why this is, you know, like, like Tuna says, like, this is the fun part of it. This is why I enjoy doing this so much. Um, cause I'm not just sitting here reading to myself. So it's fantastic. Wunderbar. Oh, okay. So K- Cloud Kicker says something interesting. Um, before I go, uh, I think it was a specific title like doctor. So like judge or PhD or something like that. So Dumbledore, Esquire or Dumbledore, Warlock. I don't know. <sighs> A talk amongst yourselves. Hello, Mixer. How you doing? How is everybody? We're back. We're getting on to our second chapter of the night. What's going on in chat right now? Wirejack says, I'm a huge Haggard fan due to my sheer love for animals. I get him. I love Mrs. Weasley as well because I understand the intense love she has for her family. Uh, let's see. Who are we talking? What are we talking about? Um... Favorite characters, essentially. Favorite protagonists. Um, Baby Zay says Lupin. He's so laid back in the world of chaos. But he has an internal chaos that he doesn't show. I think Lupin is one of my favorites as well. I think between... Uh, between I, Like, my hair, I think, is right for for um, serious. But if I were to ever play a character from this, I would probably want to play Lupin. It'd be fantastic. Uh, shots red says Ginny. She just sits back and observes. And she's a redhead. Gotta stick together. <laughs> gotcha. Fantastic. Courtney says Luna and the twins because they're amazing. Um Let's see. And in uh, Discord, still talking about the um Um like title distinction. Uh back in back in Mixer uh, Freya put in a definition that apparently came from the wiki. You know what? I'm actually not going to read it. Y'all can feel free to read it, but I don't want to impose it on anybody because I know some of this lore stuff, like sometimes it's better to imagine it for yourself. So I'm actually not going to read it. But Freya, I do appreciate you putting that in there. Appreciate it a lot. Palma um, says, Ron has my heart. <laughs> Ginger's for the win. Fantastic. All right, folks. So what should we review from our last chapter for anybody who's coming in here a little bit late today from chapter 12 chapter 12 silver and opals what do we learn so hot right now is it hot where y'all are at it's i mean it's warm here in in uh southern california but it's not as it's not wicked hot it's not god-awful hot, like it definitely can get down here. Shotzi says don't touch opal necklaces. Indeed. So uh, we find ourselves at the beginning of the chapter um, with uh, Harry kind of wondering where Dumbledore is at. It seems that Dumbledore has kind of gone pretty quiet, and Harry hasn't heard from him in a little little while regarding uh, the next time that they intend to meet. and Learn a little bit more about the history of Tom Riddle. Harry finds a new spell, Corpus, which he recognizes after he accidentally casts it on Ron as a spell that he has seen before. He's seen his father use it. And then, as they discuss, he remembers, actually, they saw some Death Eaters using it back in the day. Harry has the fleeting thought that perhaps his father could be the Half-Blood Prince, but he does remember that, well, there are Death Eaters using this spell in here, and also his father wasn't pure blood. They, uh, they have a plan to go down into Hogsmeade for the first Hogsmeade trip of, this, of the year. Fantastic, except that the weather is terrible and it makes the trip pretty miserable. They duck into um, Honeydukes for a little while, pop back out and have a little run in with Mundungus Fletcher, who is apparently selling things from uh, Sirius Black, now Harry's, house um goblets that sort of thing they've got the black family crest on it and uh mundungus disappears before harry is able to really wreak any real damage they head into the uh the three broomsticks i believe um they have a, a bit of a discussion about um let's see about what exactly not a ton Yeah, they just sort of duck in from it they don't really talk about much and then they leave school And they come upon an incident. Katie Bell. um, She has apparently been acting strangely. She got a package from someone in the bathroom. And then suddenly this thing, which turns out to be a cursed necklace, lifts her in the air. And she is just screaming nonstop. Uh, Hagrid carries her back up to school. Ron, Hermione, Harry uh, stay and uh, collect both the necklace and Katie's friend, Leanne, who knows a little bit about what was going on. They head back up to the castle and they have to talk to McGonagall because Dumbledore is not around, which Harry takes some issue with. But, uh, of course, McGonagall insists anything you want to say to Dumbledore, you can say to her. Um, But they tell McGonagall about what happened. Harry expresses his concern that Malfoy is responsible for this event And while McGonagall hears this, she insists that uh, that's a very serious accusation, and there is simply not enough proof to even suggest that this is a possibility. Not only that, but Malfoy wasn't at Hogsmeade today. He was in detention with her. So, the mystery abounds. How goofy does this look, by the way? This mic up here? So anybody who's jumping in right now, there's our review. Anybody who has uh, had to jump out, it's been a fantastic week. I'm very glad to see you. And you can find this VOD on Mixer for two weeks. But of course, I do upload it onto YouTube on a one-week delay. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, that means that you should, if you're watching this on the premiere, that means that as soon as this one is over, head over to Mixer Discord. You can find those links in the description. And the next chapter, the real live chapter, will be starting momentarily, um, just after after the premiere ends. Um, otherwise, everyone who's currently here with me in Mixer and Discord... Thank you very much for joining me. Let's continue on to our next chapter. (laughs) YOJack says, I think his membership was merely for his ability to procure any items needed and listening in on conversations where others like Dumbledore would never be able to, if that makes sense. Indeed. Yeah, I think they're talking about... um, Uh, why Mundungus is even involved in this group if he seems like such a shysty individual. Um, There's also... Oh, uh, somebody made a good note there. Who was it? Uh, 22 noted that uh, one one additional point that I missed from last chapter was that um, Slughorn catches up to Harry and once again invites him to one of his special dinners. Ugh. Harry tries to wiggle his way out of it. Seems like he's successful so far. So... Let's get into our next chapter. Again, thank you all for joining me. Thank you for the people who helped put this together, and I hope you enjoy. Shotzi, I've got some good words. I do words good. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you. Chapter 13, The Secret Riddle. Katie was removed to St. Mungo's Hospital for Magical Maladies and Injuries the following day, by which time the news that she had been cursed had spread all over the school. Though the details were confused, and nobody other than Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and Leanne seemed to know that Katie herself had not been the intended target. "'Oh, and Malfoy knows, of course,' said Harry to Ron and Hermione, who continued their new policy of feigning deafness whenever Harry mentioned his Malfoy is a Death Eater theory." Harry had wondered whether Dumbledore would return from wherever he had been in time for Monday night's lesson, but having had no word to the contrary, he presented himself outside Dumbledore's office at eight o'clock, knocked, and was told to enter. There sat Dumbledore, looking unusually tired. His hand was as black and burned as ever, but he smiled and gestured to Harry to sit down. The pensive was sitting on the desk again. "'casting silvery specks of light over the ceiling. "'You have had a busy time while I've been away,' Dumbledore said. "'I believe that you witnessed Katie's accident.' "'Yes, sir. How is she?' "'Still very unwell, although she was rather lucky. "'She appears to have brushed the necklace "'with the smallest possible amount of skin. "'There was a tiny hole in her glove.' Had she put it on, had she even held it in her ungloved hand, she would have died. Perhaps instantly. Luckily, Professor Snape was able to prevent a rapid spread of the curse. "'Why him?' asked Harry quickly. "'Why not Madame Pomfrey?' "'Impertinent,' said a soft voice from the portraits on the wall. And Phineas Nigelus Black, Sirius's great-great-grandfather, raised his head from his arms where he had been appeared where he had appeared to be sleeping. I would not have permitted a student to question the way Hogwarts operated in my day. Yes, thank you, Phineas, said Dumbledore quellingly. Professor Snape knows much more about the dark arts than Madame Pumphrey, Harry. Anyway, the Saint Mungo staff are sending me hourly reports, and I am hopeful that Katie will make a full recovery in time. Where were you this weekend, sir? Harry asked, regarding, disregarding a strong feeling that he might be pushing his luck, a feeling apparently shared by Phineas Nigellus, who hissed softly. I would rather not say just now, said Dumbledore. "'However, I shall tell you in due course.' "'You will?' said Harry, startled. "'Yes, I expect so,' said Dumbledore, "'withdrawing a fresh bottle of silver memories from inside his robes "'and uncorking it with a prod of his wand.' "'Sir,' said Harry, tentatively, "'I met Mundungus in Hogsmeade.' "'Yes. "'I am already aware that Mundungus has been treating your inheritance with—' Light-fingered contempt, said Dumbledore, frowning a little. He has gone to ground since you accosted him outside the Three Broomsticks. I rather think he dreads facing me. However, rest assured that he will not be making away with any more of Sirius's old possessions. That mangy old half-breed has been stealing Black Family heirlooms, said Phineas Nigelis, incensed. He stalked out of his frame, undoubtedly to visit his portrait in Number 12, Grimaud Place. professor said harry after a short pause did professor mcgonagall tell you what i told her after katie got hurt about draco malfoy she told me of your suspicions yes said dumbledore and do you i shall take all appropriate measures to investigate anyone who might have had a hand in katie's accident said dumbledore but what concerns me now harry is our lesson Harry felt slightly resentful at this. If their lessons were so very important, why had there been such a long gap between the first and the second? However, he said no more about Draco Malfoy, but watched as Dumbledore poured the fresh memories into the pensive and began swirling the stone basin once more between his long-fingered hands. "'You will remember, I am sure, that we left the tale of Lord Voldemort's beginnings at the place where the handsome muggle, Tom Riddle, "'had abandoned his wife, Maripe, "'and returned to his family in Little Hamilton. maripe was left alone in London, "'expecting the baby who would one day become Lord Voldemort. "'How do you know that she was in London, sir?' "'Because of the evidence of one Caractacus Burke,' said Dumbledore, "'who, by an odd coincidence, "'helped found the very shop whence came the necklace "'we have just been discussing.' He swilled the contents of the pensive, as Harry had seen him swill them before, much as a gold prospector sifts for gold. Up out of the swirling silvery mass rose a little old man, revolving slowly in the pensive, silver as a ghost but much more solid, with a thatch of hair that completely covered his eyes. Yes, we acquired it in curious circumstances. It was brought in by a young witch just before Christmas, oh, many years ago. He said she needed a gold badly. Well, that much was obvious. Covered in rags and pretty far along, going to have a baby, see? He said the locket had been slitherings. Well, we had that sort of story all the time. Oh, this was Merlin's, this was his favourite teapot. But when I looked at it, It had his mark all right, and a few simple spells were enough to tell me the truth. Of course, that made it near enough priceless. She didn't seem to have any idea how much it was worth. Happy to get ten galleons for it. Best bargain we ever made. Dumbledore gave the pensive an extra-vigorous shake, and Caractacus Burke descended back into the swirling mass of memory from whence he had come. He only gave her ten galleons, said Harry indignantly. Caractacus Burke was not famed for his generosity, said Dumbledore. So we know that near the end of her pregnancy, Merope was alone in London, and in desperate need of gold. Desperate enough to sell her one and only valuable possession. The locket that was one of Marvolo's treasured family heirlooms, "'But she could do magic,' said Harry impatiently. "'She could have got food and everything for herself by magic, couldn't she?' "'Ah,' said Dumbledore. Uh, "'Perhaps she could, but it is my belief, and I am guessing again, but I am sure that I am right, that when her husband abandoned her, Maripay stopped using magic. "'I do not think that she wanted to be a witch any longer.' "'Of course it is also possible that her unrequited love "'and the attendant despair sapped her of her powers. "'That can happen. "'In any case, you are about to see. "'Marapé refused to raise her wand even to save her own life.' "'She wouldn't even stay alive for her son?' "'Dumbledore raised his eyebrows.' "'Could you possibly be feeling sorry for Lord Lord Voldemort?' "'No,' said Harry quickly. "'But she had a choice, didn't she? "'Not like my mother.' "'Your mother had a choice, too,' said Dumbledore gently. "'Yes, Mary P. Riddle chose death in spite of a son who needed her, "'but do not judge her too harshly, Harry. "'She was greatly weakened by long-suffering, and—' "'She never had your mother's courage. "'And now, if you will stand, "'where are we going?' "'Harry asked as Dumbledore joined him "'at the front of the desk. "'This time,' said Dumbledore, "'we are going to enter my memory. "'I think you will find it both rich in detail "'and satisfyingly accurate. "'After you, Harry.' "'Harry bent over the pensive. "'His face "'broke the cool surface of the memory, and he was falling through darkness again. "'Seconds later, his feet hit firm ground. "'He opened his eyes and found that he and Dumbledore were standing "'in a bustling, old-fashioned London street. "'There I am,' said Dumbledore brightly, "'pointing ahead of them to a tall figure crossing the road in front of a horse-drawn milk cart. "'This younger Albus Dumbledore's long hair and beard were auburn. Having reached their side of the street, he strode off along the pavement, drawing many curious glances due to the flamboyantly cut suit of plum velvet that he was wearing. Nice suit, sir, said Harry, before he could stop himself, but Dumbledore merely chuckled as they followed his younger self at a short distance, finally passing through a set of iron gates into a bare courtyard that confronted a rather grim square building surrounded by high railings. He mounted the first few steps, leading to the door, and knocked once. After a moment or two, the door was opened by a scruffy girl wearing an apron. "'Good afternoon. I have an appointment with a Mrs. Cole, who I believe is the matron here.' "'Oh,' said the bewildered-looking girl, taking in Dumbledore's eccentric appearance. "'Just a moment. Mrs. Cole!' she bellowed over her shoulder." Harry he heard a distant voice shouting something in response. The girl turned back to Dumbledore. Come in, she's on her way. Ooh, I think I need a voice for Mrs. Cole here. What do you think? Mrs. Cole, the old matron. Who do we like? I need suggestions in chat. Let's see him. Dumbledore stepped into a hallway, tiled in black and white. The whole place was shabby but spotlessly clean. Harry and the older Dumbledore followed. Before the front door had closed behind them, a skinny, harassed-looking woman came hurrying toward them. She had a sharp-featured face that appeared more anxious than unkind, and she was talking over her shoulder to another aproned helper as she walked toward Dumbledore. Okay, I'm see. I'm seeing heavy smoker voice. Oh, Rachel, have a good night. Have a good one. Um, Ava says the witch from Princess Bride, <laughs> Judy Dench. I'm seeing Mrs. Doubtfire, um, Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast. Um, I can give that a shot. We've we've had a, a decent bit of confirmation for uh, Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, and I think I can pull it off. And it's unique enough, so I'll give that a shot. "'And take the iodine upstairs to Martha. "'Billy Stubbs has been picking his scabs, "'and Eric Wallie's oozing all over his sheets. "'Chicken pox on top of everything else,' she said to nobody in particular, "'and then her eyes fell on Dumbledore. "'She stopped dead in her tracks, "'looking as astonished as if a giraffe had just crossed her threshold. "'Good afternoon.' "'Oh, let's try that again, because it's not her talking. "'Good afternoon.' said Dumbledore, holding out his hand. Mrs. Cole simply gaped. "'My name is Aulus Dumbledore. I sent you a letter requesting an appointment, and you very kindly invited me here today.' Mrs. Cole blinked. Apparently deciding that Dumbledore was not a hallucination, she said feebly, "'Oh, yes. Well, well then, you'd better come into my room. Yes.' She led Dumbledore into a small room that seemed part sitting-room, part office. It was as shabby as the hallway, and the furniture was old and mismatched. She invited Dumbledore to sit on a rickety chair and seated herself behind a cluttered desk, eyeing him nervously. "'I'm here, as I told you in my letter, to discuss Tom Riddle and arrangements for his future,' said Dumbledore. "'Are you family?' asked Mrs. Cole." "'No, I'm a teacher,' said Dumbledore. "'I've come to offer Tom a place at my school.' "'What school is this, then?' "'It is called Hogwarts,' said Dumbledore. "'And how come you're interested in Tom?' "'We believe he has qualities that we are looking for.' "'You mean he's won a scholarship? "'How can he have done? He's never entered for one.' "'Well, his name has been down for our school since birth.' "'Who registered him? His parents?' There was no doubt that Mrs. Cole was an inconveniently sharp woman. Apparently Dumbledore thought so, too, for Harry now saw him slip his wand out of his pocket of his velvet suit, at the same time picking up a piece of perfectly blank paper from Mrs. Cole's desktop. "'Here,' said Dumbledore, waving his hand once as he passed her the piece of paper." I think this will make things clear. Mrs. Cole's eyes (laughs) slid out of focus and back again as she gazed intently at the blank paper for a moment. That seems perfectly in order, she said placidly, handing it back. Then her eyes fell upon a bottle of gin and two glasses that had certainly not been present a few seconds before. "'Um, may I offer you a glass of gin?' she said in an extra-refined voice. "'Thank you very much,' said Dumbledore, beaming. "'It soon became clear that Mrs. Cole was no novice when it came to gin-drinking. "'Pouring both of them a generous measure, she drained her own glass in one gulp. "'Smacking her lips frankly, she passed—' "'She smiled at Dumbledore—' "'She made a pass at Dumbledore. (laughs) "'Hey, he's a good-looking dude.' (laughs) unfortunately press is immediately underneath it and i thought it was going to be like past something to dumbledore again i have i i tend to the words coming out of my mouth are about one line behind the words that i'm reading generally that's how i that's how i know that like you know blah, blah, blah 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 said dumbledore i have to know who's talking before i start the sentence so i have to read ahead before what i'm actually saying smacking her lips frankly she smiled at Dumbledore for the first time, and he didn't hesitate to press his advantage. I was wondering whether you could tell me anything of Tom Riddle's history. I think he was born here, in the orphanage. That's right, said Mrs. Cole, helping herself to more gin. I remember it as clear as anything, because I had just started here myself. New Year's Eve, and bitter cold, snowing, you know, nasty night. And this girl, no! "'much older than I was myself at the time, "'came staggering up the front steps. "'Though she wasn't the first, "'we took her in, and she had a baby within the hour, "'and she was dead in another hour.' "'Mrs. Cole nodded impressively "'and gave another generous gulp of gin. "'Did she say anything before she died?' "'asked Dumbledore. "'Anything about the boy's father, for instance?' "'Now, as it happens, she did,' said Mrs Cole, "'who seemed to be rather enjoying herself now, "'with the gin in her hand and an eager audience for her story. "'I remember she said to me, "'I hope he looks like his papa. "'And I won't lie, she was right to hope it, "'because she was no beauty. "'And then she told me he was to be named Tom for his father "'and Marvolo for her father. "'Yes, I know, funny name, isn't it? We wondered whether she had come from a circus. She said the boy's surname was to be Riddle. And she died soon after that without another word. Well, we named him just as she said. It seemed so important to the poor girl, but no Tom, nor Marvolo, nor any kind of Riddle ever came looking for him. Nor any family at all, so he stayed in the orphanage, and he's been here ever since. Mrs. Cole helped herself, almost absent mindedly, to another healthy measure of gin. Two pink spots had appeared high on her cheekbones. Then she said, He's a funny boy. Yes, said Dumbledore, I thought he might be. He was a funny baby, too. He hardly ever cried, you know. And then, when he got a little older, he was odd. Odd in what way? asked Dumbledore gently. Well, he— But Mrs. Cole pulled up short, and there was nothing blurry or vague about the inquisitorial glance she shot Dumbledore over her gin glass. He's definitely got a place at your school, you say? "'Definitely,' said Dumbledore. "'And nothing I can say would change that?' "'Nothing,' said Dumbledore. "'You'll be taking him away, whatever.' "'Whatever,' repeated Dumbledore gravely. She squinted at him, as though deciding whether or not to trust him. Apparently she decided that she could, because she said in a sudden rush, "'He scares the other children.' "'You mean that he is a bully?' asked Dumbledore. "'I think he must be,' said Mrs. Cole, frowning slightly. "'But it's very hard to catch him at it. "'There have been incidents, nasty things.' Dumbledore did not press her, though Harry could tell that he was interested. She took yet another gulp of gin, and her rosy cheeks grew rosier still. "'Billy Stubbs's rabbit. Well, Tom said—' "'He didn't do it, and I don't see how he could have done, "'but even so, it didn't hang itself from the rafters, did it?' "'I shouldn't think so. No,' said Dumbledore quietly. "'But I'm jiggered if I know how he got it up there to do it. "'All I know is that he and Billy had argued the day before, and then—' Mrs. Cole took another swig of gin, slapping a little over her chin this time. "'On the summer outing—' take them out, you know, once a year to the countryside or to the seaside. Well, Amy Benson and Dennis Bishop were never quite right afterward, and all we ever got out of them is that they'd gone into a cave with Tom Riddle. He swore that they'd just gone exploring, but something happened in there, I'm sure of it, and, well, there have been a lot of other things, funny things. She looked around at Dumbledore again, and though her cheeks were flushed, her gaze was steady. I don't think many people will be sorry to see the back of him. You understand I'm sure that we will not be keeping him permanently, said Dumbledore. He will have to return here, at the very least, every summer. Oh, well, that's better than a whack on the nose with a rusty poker, said Mrs. Cole with a slight hiccup. She got to her feet, and Harry was impressed that she was quite steady, even though two-thirds of the gin was now gone. I suppose that you'd like to see him? Very much, said Dumbledore, rising too. She led him out of her office and up the stone stairs, drank, calling out instructions and admonitions to helpers and children as she passed. The orphans, Harry saw, were all wearing the same kind of grayish tunic, It looked reasonably well cared for, but there was no denying that this was a grim place in which to grow up. "'Here we are,' said Mrs. Cole as they turned off the second landing and stopped outside the first door in a long corridor. She knocked twice and entered. "'Tom, you've got a visitor?' "'This is Mr. Bumberton. Sorry, Dunderbore. He's come to see you. Uh, "'To tell you—well, I'll I'll let him do it.' Harry and the two Dumbledores entered the room, and Mrs. Cole closed the door on them. It was a small, bare room, with nothing in it except an old wardrobe, a wooden chair, and an iron bedstead. A boy was sitting on top of the grey blankets, his legs stretched out in front of him, Holding a book. There was no trace of the gaunts in Tom Riddle's face. Merripee had gotten her dying wish. He was his handsome father in miniature, tall for eleven years old, dark haired, and pale. His eyes narrowed slightly as he took in Dumbledore's eccentric appearance. There was a moment's silence. How do you do, Tom? said Dumbledore walking forward and holding out his hand. The boy hesitated, then took it, and they shook hands. Dumbledore drew up a hard wooden chair beside Riddle so that the pair of them looked rather like a hospital patient and visitor. I am Professor Dumbledore. Professor? (laughs) Repeated Riddle. He looked wary. Is that like, doctor? What are you here for? Did she get you to have a look at me? He was pointing at the door through which Mrs. Cole had just left. No, no, said Dumbledore, smiling. I don't believe you, said Riddle. She wants me looked at, doesn't she? Tell the truth. He spoke the last three words with a ringing force that was almost shocking. It was a command, and it sounded as though he had been... It "'as though he had given it many times before. "'His eyes widened. "'He was glaring at Dumbledore, "'who made no response except to continue smiling pleasantly. "'A few seconds later, Riddle stopped glaring, "'though he looked, if anything, warier still. "'Who are you?' "'I have told you. "'My name is Professor Dumbledore, "'and I work at a school called Hogwarts. "'I have come to offer you a place at my school.' Your new school, if you would like to come. Riddle's reaction to this was most surprising. He leapt from the bed and backed away from Dumbledore, looking furious. You can't kid me. The asylum. That's where you're from, isn't it? Professor. Yes, of course. Well, I'm not going, see? That old cat's the one who should be in the asylum. I never did anything to little Amy Benson or Dennis Bishop. You can ask them. They'll tell you. "'I am not from the Asylum,' said Dumbledore patiently. "'I am a teacher, and if you will sit down calmly, "'I shall tell you about Hogwarts. "'Of course, if you'd rather not come to the school, "'nobody will force you.' "'I'd like to see them try,' sneered Riddle. "'Hogwarts,' Dumbledore went on, "'as though he had not heard Riddle's last words, "'is a school for people with special abilities.' "'I'm not mad.' I know you're not mad. Hogwarts is not a school for mad people, it is a school of magic. There was silence. Riddle had frozen, his face expressionless, but his eyes were flicking back and forth between each of Dumbledore's eyes, as though trying to catch one of them lying. Magic? he repeated in a whisper. That's right, said Dumbledore. It's it's magic what I can do. What is it that you can do? All sorts, breathed Riddle. A flush of excitement was rising in his neck into his hollow cheeks. He looked fevered. I can make things move without touching them. I can make animals do what I want them to do, without training them. I can make bad things happen to people who annoy me. I can make them hurt if I want to." His legs were trembling. He stumbled forward and sat down on the bed again, staring at his hands, his head bowed as though in prayer. "'I knew I was different,' he whispered to his own quivering fingers. "'I knew I was special—always. I knew there was something.' "'Well, you were quite right,' said Dumbledore, who was no longer smiling but watching riddle intently you are a wizard riddle lifted his head his face was transfigured there was a wild happiness upon him yet for some reason it did not make him better looking on the contrary his finely carved features seemed somehow rougher his expression almost bestial are you a wizard too Yes, I am. Prove it, said Riddle at once, in the same commanding tone he had once used to say, tell the truth. Dumbledore raised his eyebrows. If, as I take it, you are accepting your place at Hogwarts. Of course I am. Then you will address me as Professor or Sir. Riddle's expression hardened for the most fleeting moment. "'before he said, in an unrecognizably polite voice, "'I'm sorry, sir. I meant, please, Professor, could you show me?' "'Harry was sure that Dumbledore was going to refuse, "'that he would tell Riddle that there would be plenty of time "'for practical demonstrations at Hogwarts, "'that they were currently in a building full of muggles "'and therefore must be cautious. "'To his great surprise, however, "'Dumbledore drew his wand from an inside pocket of his suit jacket, "'pointed it at the shabby wardrobe in the corner, and gave the wand a casual flick. The wardrobe burst into flames. Riddle jumped to his feet. Harry could hardly blame him for howling in shock and rage. All his worldly possessions must be in there. But even as Riddle rounded on Dumbledore, the flames vanished, leaving the wardrobe completely undamaged. Riddle stared from wardrobe to Dumbledore. Then, expression greedy he pointed at the wand where can I get one of them all in good time said Dumbledore I think there is something trying to get out of the wardrobe and sure enough a faint rattling could be heard from inside it for the first time Riddle looked frightened open the door said Dumbledore Riddle hesitated then crossed the room and threw open the wardrobe door. On the topmost shelf, above a rail of threadbare clothes, a small cardboard box was shaking and rattling as though there were several frantic mice trapped inside of it. "'Take it out,' said Dumbledore. Riddle took down the quaking box. He looked unnerved. "'Is there anything in that box you ought not to have?' asked Dumbledore. Riddle threw Dumbledore a long, clear, calculating look. Yes, I suppose so, sir, he said finally, in an expressionless voice. Open it, said Dumbledore. Riddle took the lid off and tipped the contents onto his bed without looking at them. Harry, who had expected something much more exciting, saw a mess of small, everyday objects, a yo-yo, a silver thimble, and a tarnished mouth organ among them. Once free of the box, they stopped quivering and lay quite still upon the thin blankets. "'You will return them to their owners with your apologies,' said Dumbledore calmly, putting his wand back into his jacket. "'I shall know whether it has been done, and be warned... Thieving is not tolerated at Hogwarts. Riddle did not look remotely abashed. He was still staring coldly and appraisingly at Dumbledore. At last he said in a colourless voice, Yes, sir. At Hogwarts, Dumbledore went on, we will teach you not only to use your magic, but to control it. You have... "'Inadvertently, I am sure. "'Been using your powers in a way that is neither taught nor tolerated at our school. "'You are not the first, nor will you be the last, "'to allow your magic to run away with you. "'But you should know that Hogwarts can expel students, "'and the Ministry of Magic. "'Yes, there is a ministry. will punish lawbreakers more severely. "'All new wizards must accept that in entering our world "'they abide by our laws.' "'Yes, sir,' said Riddle again. It was impossible to tell what he was thinking. His face remained quite blank as he put his little cachet of stolen objects back into the cardboard box. When he had finished, he turned to Dumbledore and said, baldly, "'I haven't got any money.'" "'That is easily remedied,' said Dumbledore, drawing a leather money pouch from his pocket.'" "'There is a fund at Hogwarts for those who require assistance in buying books and robes. "'You might have to buy some of your spell-books and so on second-hand, but—' "'Where do you have to buy spell-books?' interrupted Riddle, "'who had taken the heavy money-bag without thinking from Dumbledore "'and was now examining a fat gold galleon. "'Oh, excuse me, without thanking Dumbledore.' "'In Diagon Alley,' said Dumbledore. "'I have your list of books and school equipment with me. "'I can help you find everything.' "'You're coming with me?' said Riddle, looking up. "'Certainly, if you—' "'I don't need you,' said Riddle. "'I'm used to doing things for myself. "'I go round London on my own all the time. "'How do you get into this Diagon Alley?' "'Sir,' he added, catching Dumbledore's eye. "'Harry thought that Dumbledore would insist upon accompanying Riddle, "'but once again he was surprised.' Dumbledore handed Riddle the envelope containing the list of equipment, and after telling Riddle exactly how to get into the leaky cauldron from the orphanage, he said, You will be able to see it, although muggles around you, non-magical people that is, will not. Ask for Tom the barman. Easy enough to remember as he shares your name. Riddle gave an irritable twitch, as though trying to displace an irksome fly. "'You dislike the name Tom?' "'There are a lot of Toms,' muttered Riddle. "'Then, as though he could not suppress the question, as though it burst from him in spite of himself, he said, "'Was my father a wizard? "'He was called Tom Riddle, too, they've told me.' "'I'm afraid I don't know,' said Dumbledore, his voice gentle. "'My mother can't have been magic, or she wouldn't have died,' said Riddle, more to himself than Dumbledore. It must have been him. So, when I've got all my stuff, when do I come to this Hogwarts? All the details are on the piece of parchment in your envelope, said Dumbledore. You will leave from King's Cross Station on the 1st of September. There is a train ticket in there, too. Riddle nodded. Dumbledore got to his feet and held out his hand again. Taking it, Riddle said, "'I can speak to snakes. "'I found out when we've been on... "'been out in the country on trips. "'They find me. "'They whisper to me. "'Is that normal for a wizard?' "'Harry could tell that he had withheld mention "'of this strangest power until that moment, "'determined to impress. "'It is unusual,' said Dumbledore, "'after a moment's hesitation. "'But not unheard of.' His tone was casual, but his eyes moved curiously over Riddle's face. They stood for a moment, man and boy, staring at each other. Then the handshake was broken. Dumbledore was at the door. Goodbye, Tom. I shall see you at Hogwarts.' "'I think that will do,' said the white-haired Dumbledore at Harry's side, and seconds later they were soaring weightlessly through darkness once more." before landing squarely in the present-day office. "'Sit down, Harry,' said Dumbledore, landing beside Harry. He obeyed, his mind still full of what he had just seen. "'He believed it much quicker than I did. I mean, when you told him that he was a wizard,' said Harry. "'I didn't believe Hagrid at first when he told me.' "'Yes, Riddle was perfectly ready to believe that he was—to use his word—special,' said Dumbledore. "'How did you know?' "'Excuse me. "'Did you know?' "'Then?' asked Harry. "'Did I know that I had just met the most dangerous dark wizard of all time?' said Dumbledore. "'No. I had no idea what he would grow up to be. However, I was certainly intrigued by him.' I returned to Hogwarts intending to keep an eye on him, something that I should have done in any case, given that he was alone and friendless, but which already I felt I ought to do for others' sake as much as his. His powers, as you heard, were surprisingly well developed for such a young wizard, and most interestingly and ominously of all, he had already discovered that he had some measure of control over them, and begun to use them consciously." and as you saw they were not the random experiments of young wizards he was already using magic against other people to frighten to punish to control the little stories of the strangled rabbit and the young boy and girl that he lured into the cave were most suggestive i can make them hurt if i want to and he was a passer-mouth interjected harry "'Yes, indeed. A rare ability, and one supposedly connected to the dark arts, though, as we know, there are parsimals among the great and the good as well. In fact, his ability to speak to serpents did not make me nearly as uneasy as his obvious instincts for cruelty, secrecy, and domination. "'Time is making fools of us again.' said Dumbledore, indicating the dark sky beyond the windows. But before we part, I wanted to draw your attention to certain features of the scene that we have just witnessed, for they have a great bearing on the matters that we shall be discussing in future meetings. Firstly, I hope that you noticed Riddle's reaction when I mentioned that another shared his first name, Tom. Perry nodded. There he showed his contempt for anything that tied him to other people, anything that made him ordinary. Even then he wished to be different, separate, notorious. He shed his name, as you know, within a few short years of that conversation and created the mask of Lord Voldemort, behind which he has been hidden for so long. I trust that you have also noticed that Tom Riddle was already highly self-sufficient, secretive, and apparently friendless. He did not want help or companionship on his trip to Diagon Alley. He preferred to operate alone. The adult Voldemort is the same. You will hear many of his Death Eaters claiming that they are in his confidence, "'that they alone are close to him, even understand him. "'They are deluded. "'Lord Voldemort has never had a friend, "'nor do I believe he has ever wanted one. "'And lastly, I hope you are not too sleepy to pay attention to this, Harry. "'The young Tom Riddle liked to collect trophies.' "'You saw the box of stolen articles that had been hidden in his room. "'These were taken from the victims of his bullying behaviour, "'souvenirs, if you will, of particularly unpleasant bits of magic. "'Bear in mind this magpie-like tendency, "'for this particularly will be important later. "'And now it really is time for bed.' "'Harry got to his feet.' As he walked across the room, his eyes fell upon the little table on which Marvolo Gaunt's ring had rested last time. But the ring was no longer there. "'Yes, Harry,' said Dumbledore, for Harry had come to a halt. "'The ring is gone,' said Harry, looking around. "'But I thought you might have the pipe organ or something.' Dumbledore beamed at him, peering over the top of his half-moon spectacles." Very astute, Harry, but the mouth organ was only ever a mouth organ. And on that enigmatic note, he waved to Harry, who understood himself to be dismissed. If you are listening right now on YouTube, remember this is not the live show, this is the premiere you'll be able to catch the the live show for the next chapters right now head over to mixer or discord you can find those links below that is the end of our chapter for today and i thank you very much for listening i hope you've had a great time of course uh, we've got beans coming up here uh we've got some extra beans because some people have been sharing the good news about the show and uh i want to uh i'll go through my my um my regular litany very soon but don't forget folks um the most interesting thing i'm working on right now is chat plays dungeon world if you like fantasy if you like adventure if you like um big sweeping stories if you like rpgs like dungeons and dragons please come check that out i would really encourage you to uh get involved because we are having a lot of fun we are halfway through another arena fight today um it uh we're in the middle of a jungle created by the magic sands of the arena um our three adventurers are fighting, uh, Captain Kalasar. She is, a, 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 an elf who came from the, uh, the seafaring life and has found a life as an arena fighter. Um, it is a ton of fun. Our party is fantastic. I'm really enjoying running it for y'all. I wasn't sure if this experiment would work and I'm so happy that it has. So, um, I hope y'all are enjoying that. I hope you will come join us if you haven't tried it yet. Um, and, uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's reading. So I'm going to go fetch my lovely assistant so that we can do some beans. Let's do it. I'll be right back. Okay, my lovely assistant is currently on a phone call with some family. So, we're doing it solo today. That's perfectly all right. Let's do this. Hold on. Gotta grab my kit. Let's see. Mr. foo says, honestly, just trying to get these sparks used. <laughs> no idea the benefits. Uh, no idea if it benefits Sam, but it seems like it should. Well, here's how it works. Um, basically, the sparks are... Um, good for sort of attracting attention to the channel and they don't benefit me yet but in the future if i can if i can uh get enough followers and become a sorry about all the bag noises i know it's horrible to listen to um in the future if uh if i can get enough followers and meet the, the requirements it's basically just followers that's the the big one that i'm missing then um i uh i would be able to start um having those benefit me more practically But for the time being, uh, just enjoy sending stickers and gifts around. Go for it. (laughs) Um, Name says, hey, Sam, I don't share on socials, but I told a few of my regular customers about your streams. They're pretty hyped about it. Fantastic. Wunderbar. Um, Let's see. Okay, so let me take a look. I'm going to take a look at uh, at our numbers today because we do have at least one extra bean for today um let's see what is the name what's the name on it let's see let's see let's see let's see and remember these are people when i talk about who uh who helped out with the beans um you can ignore that mr foos sorry i can still read it i'll read it in just a second um remember when these these are people who are sharing this that means these are people who like the same things that you like so feel free to go follow these people um I don't typically check out like what their channel is, so I can't necessarily vouch for any of their content. But you know, they're interested in the same things that you are. Um, out of Yarn on Instagram has uh, has shared for this week, so that is an extra bean for Out of Yarn. Fantastique, <laughs> and uh, of course, as usual, um, if anyone shares the hashtag um, #HPoutloud, um, that will that will put an extra bean on the table for us. Oh I've misspelled it hold on hold on i'm just I'm just checking to make sure I haven't missed anything okay no I think we've got I think we've got our extra bean for the day so thank you very much uh, out of yarn on Instagram. I appreciate you spreading the good word about the channel. thank you very much okay so We've got our beans ready. Uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to do this myself. Let's see if I can. I can. I can sort of like try and find. Where's my camera? Here. Okay. So that should be about it. I can see the little red light through it. So, but but I can't really see the bean. I can see the shape, but I can't see what color it is. Um, so here's our bean. So uh, let's talk about uh, what the schedule is for the week. Um, next week, I'm still. I'm still not in a place where I can get back into. Um, vintage sidecar unfortunately um my tuesdays are still a little tied up with some other things so my schedule right now starts on wednesdays it's i i'm just doing wednesdays and thursdays right now uh wednesday is uh sidecar gaming Ow! and we are running through uh disco elysium which means uh we are well we're making a decent bit of progress uh we've just advanced into a whole new section of the map we are uh learning a ton we have uh we have uh, explored a decent bit and we I think we're closing in on our suspect here. Ow. We haven't um we haven't met the person that is our sort of highest suspect yet, but we know a ton about the crime scene. We've met a ton of really interesting characters and visited some fascinating locations, and the story is an amazing set of twists and turns and it is really well gamified. Um that process of like taking a story and trying to make it into a game where there are limitations, but you also feel like you are progressing at a satisfying rate. That's super tough to do, but they've executed it very well. So go ahead and check those out. Um, I've got some content warnings in front of some of those videos because although none of them are graphic in and of themselves, they do have uh, occasional discussions of either the crime scene or events leading up to the crime, or there is an autopsy scene that is described Again, it's all it's all verbal. Nothing's actually portrayed, but gruesomely. So there are content warnings in some in front of some of those. All right, this bean. I'm picking up some of that acidicness. Uh, it is a sweet acid, sort of a, a fruit kind of flavor, um, something some y and it's always the question: Do I taste banana? And I I'm gonna I think I do. So I think I'm going to go with uh, shake or uh, I think smoothie. Strawberry banana smoothie. What do you think, folks? Did it look right? One, one out of one, super killer? Eh? It was definitely a good one. It wasn't the bad version of whatever that same bean is. Um... Yeah, Freya, I'd love to have you in the uh in the Dungeon World stuff. Uh is Dungeon World okay for a 14 year old? Yes, it is. Um, like some of the scenes get like I will describe some things in like fairly serious ways, but um I do keep it like essentially PG 13. Um So I I I do not include any any language that would be higher than that. Um definitely not like tv ma or anything um it's it's one of my hard and fast rules no sexual content so yeah those those uh should be totally fine for a 14 year old um the disco elysium stuff on the other hand maybe not all right and uh yeah you can listen to all that stuff uh it, it should all be available on youtube um if you can't find anything uh just let me know in the discord and i can try and direct you in the right direction. Uh, hey, Steady Tripod, how's it going? Steady Tripod says, my son and I found your YouTube channel and love your reading the Harry Potter books. My son says, hey, we're new viewers and we need to catch up on the books by listening to the videos on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I, I welcome you to catch up or to, uh, to stick with us depending on sort of where you're at and how you like to enjoy books son plays d and d even started a club at school. I think that's fantastic. I think there are more people playing Dungeons and dragons now um, it's not super conducive to what i'm trying to do the the hardcore like Dungeons and Dragons version. I really enjoy this game called Dungeon world, but it's very very similar in a lot of uh sort of uh, in a lot of ways to to d and d just more simple um, and a, sort of more branching decisions as opposed to totally wide open. Um, we had a long discussion about it uh, when we were setting up the first stream uh, to decide, you know, what system were we going to be using? Okay. Let's do a second one. Um am going to block it out so I don't know which I'm getting. Here, I'm going to find my red light. Okay, there we go. There's bean number two. So, of course, all right, it's a bad one. My theory is booger for right now, but I'll get into I'll get into sort of the... The notes in just a moment. Uh, yeah, Dungeon World is a, a more casual version of uh, d and but it was created by a couple of people who um, had been playing Dungeons & Dragons with performers and writers and very creative people um, who felt a little constricted by um, the rules of Dungeons & Dragons. So it's actually designed to be a little bit stripped away um, in terms of the rules. And in the original intent just to keep things really open and uh sort of natural so people describe what they do instead of saying i take this move um for our purposes it works really well for other reasons um but uh it is an awfully good time uh at 1 p.m. pacific time every thursday so 3 hours before this harry potter stream starts whatever time that is for you that's what we're doing chat plays dungeon world um, and uh, i hope you will come check it out we're in the middle of an arena fight was a perfect time to get involved because um you'll be able to jump in listen for a while to get the flow of the play how things work and then um your objectives are pretty clear so this one this bean i think we're dealing with booger right now i got some of that weird bad like grass taste and then it's like weird saltiness i i'm it, it's very very not good what do we think is this booger Oh. i'm i'm typically kind of a I, I favor rules light systems um addy i hope you have a good night gotta go back to work yeah i hope you have a good one henny says honestly dungeon world combat is much more interesting than D combat and i could not agree with you more i think D combat ends up just sort of like locked onto a grid whereas especially when we're not playing with a grid at all um i get free reign to describe it how i will and boy have we had some fun we had a great we've got we've got a minotaur barbarian and um an elf wizard and an elf ranger and today um our wizard was casting spells at um the uh Um, their opponent in the water and uh, our ranger decided to jump out of a tree into the river um, to try and uh, get their opponent with a sword and almost made it but didn't quite so our barbarian helped by leaping out of the water and using their head to boost our ranger forward. It was an incredible scene and uh, we, we landed on a pretty cool cliffhanger so it's a good time to jump in. Two out of two. Yes! Ah, yes (laughs) Freya says 100% I'll be there for the dungeon world next time no more chores taking me away especially with the lack of critical role what's going on with critical role is there something I I don't follow it super closely I've had some other stuff that I I have enjoyed listening to but um, I don't follow super closely to critical role are they on a hiatus or something between campaigns steady tripod welcome to scooter patrol it is excellent to have you here on hiatus sure yeah because I can't all record together Yep, I'm going to wind up being 100% for the first time. Well, see, it's going to get an asterisk anyway, though, because I'm doing it solo. So, yeah. All right, let's see. There we go. There's our next bean. Um, as per usual, of course, Ow. Uh, every Thursday, here at the same time. Um, if you are watching this on YouTube, then uh, you are watching the... If you're watching the premiere on YouTube, then remember, you can head over to Discord or Mixer. Basically, right now, in the next 15 minutes, the next episode is going to be starting live. You can jump into chat, jump into uh, our discussions. I don't... You can help me sort out the deal with these beans. Mm. And speaking of these beans... hmm. I think... Mm, I don't know. I don't think it's a good one. Because it's got kind of a grassiness to it. Um, but it's not awful overall. I'm catching some of that that sweetness, the the sort of like weird bitter um not sweetness, sorry. The weird bitterness. Kind of astringent. I'm thinking that's gonna be dish soap, which always leads me to believe this is gonna be dishwater, but hold on, I'm not I'm not committing to that yet. Dishwater, dishwasher, or whatever it's called. Um Lavish Book says, whoa, it's so much cooler being here live instead of catching up on old vids on YouTube. I've made some progress. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not I'm not going to be overly humble about it. I've made a decent bit of progress here. A lot of that is thanks to uh, the people who have really helped me out. Um, as I mentioned before, um, I really want to thank uh, Tuna Sunday, who's been my, my manager, essentially, uh, for this streaming stuff. We're just really good friends, but he has helped me in a sort of a managerial capacity for a while. And uh, I appreciate that a ton uh luke uh sorry mr foose in mixer um y'all been seeing this name around for a long time and he is a long time listener back when i had like back when i was in like two digits for for followers back when i was at like really really early i want to say like 30 or some followers mr foose was in there uh listening regularly and uh mr foose has continued it's been uh um it's been great to have mr foose's help uh finding the artwork every week um and uh, so you can thank Mr. Foose for a lot of the um, a lot of the artwork that we've seen recently. Mr. Foose says it was just me and Rachel at the time, at least for the live stuff. It's been uh, the same level of awesome the entire way, though. <laughs> it has been. It's been a ton of fun. I really enjoy doing this with y'all. I think I'm gonna have to go with dishwater for this one. I'm gonna have to go with dishwater looked like dirty dishwasher or tutti frutti it definitely wasn't tutti frutti it didn't have that sort of bubblegum taste to it so dirty dishwasher i think that's i think i'm three for three right now come on come on come on and we're doing six today so let's hit our next one and uh i want to continue the thank yous too um to everybody oh i can't quite see where my oh oh oh, oh. That, that that illuminated too much for me okay there we go that should be roughly in um Everyone who st- has uh, been sticking with me, especially as I transferred over from doing live on YouTube to uh, working more often with Discord and with Mixer, the people who've... I know it's difficult to follow from platform to platform, so I just want to voice my appreciation for all of y'all who have done that. Um, because that's... It, it's anywhere from annoying to impossible, depending on your, your situation. And uh, for those of you who have made those switches and followed me to these places where i I think I can be more successful, honestly, um, and and do things like Chat Plays Dungeon World with the the mix play that YouTube simply doesn't have, it just doesn't exist, I really appreciate what you've done. I really appreciate you following me here. And uh, yeah, if we can keep this uh, Mixer train rolling, it's got a a long way, but um, I could see, you know, I could see um, getting to a point where I can do a lot more streaming. You know, it has to balance out for me, it has to balance with my life, but I enjoy it enough that if I could make it if I could make the numbers work, I would absolutely do more of it. A lot more of it. I would do all kinds of stuff. Oh, grief. I'd be streaming all the time. (laughs) Okay. This one is eluding me, I'll be honest. I think it's supposed to be a good one. It's picked up some of that bad flavor from from um from the bean bin, from our birdie bots every flavor bean bin. Um hmm. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Mr. Foos talking about what what the next book might be. I'm gonna put it to a vote. Um Mr. Foos is saying series of unfortunate events or Lord of the Rings. I'll put it to a vote. I don't know if Lord of the Rings is gonna be on there simply because man, would that be an undertaking. It would be a massive undertaking. And uh so we'll see i i have uh um sorry mr foos the the issue isn't simply the number of pages because i think in terms of word count it's actually less than the entirety of the harry potter series i think if i remember correctly i could be wrong about that um but i think it's uh, a bit shorter than the entirety of the harry potter series the difference is the the way in which it's written um a there's some stuff that you know even more so than this isn't necessarily like stream conducive um just a a bit of a it can be a bit of a slog there are parts of it that are uh and this is coming from somebody who i i have i read um the lord of the rings trilogy three times by the time i was in high school um so i i i love it but there are parts that do tend to be pretty slow um the main issue is that while it's not dickens it is also more difficult to read in a live format uh just his the way that he writes is simply um um more flowing more flowery um whereas this keeps it a little bit the the sort of reading level of it is simpler and so it's much easier for me to keep track of and yeah for a for vintage sidecar i tend to read great gatsby frankenstein maybe that's where it could live i don't know i don't know we'll see we'll see he might be long witted sometimes. Mostly it's just a matter of, like, I can't constantly be stumbling over sentences. That's not good for... That's not good to listen to. It's super frustrating on my end as well, so... Eh. Ah. All right. Let's do it. Our fourth bean. Ow. Oh! <laughs> Hold on. I just popped that one in. I didn't show it to anybody. Okay. I think this is in the right zone-ish. Mm. Hopefully I didn't slurp all the color off of it. <laughs> um you know what you might be right mikhail i don't know if i did formally guess the last bean i'm getting way ahead of myself here this is why i need a special agent who can help uh (laughs) who can help facilitate the beans i get lost in it i just like talking to you guys um oh green lorax says uh they're on a hiatus for covid also for <laughs> for uh just to keep my um uh, sorry talking about critical role being on on uh hiatus but the um the other thing that that uh, special agent cast is able to provide for me is a, a sort of timer because right now i'm just going on and on um let's see what was that last bean i think it would have been it was something like kind of okay tasting, but it wasn't great. I don't want to just give it a nothing though. That's rough. I don't think it wasn't like it wasn't like orange soda or something. I'm going to go with I don't know. Boy. Oh, that's tough. It wasn't marshmallow. I don't know what it was. Truly, thinking back on that flavor, I have no idea what it would have been. Have a go one, Mr. Foose. Have fun watching West Wing. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that's fair because I I truly have no idea what that flavor was. I'm thinking about it. and I do not know what I would have guessed it, it guessed it to be. Like I could just throw out something like like marshmallow, but it wasn't that. It wasn't marshmallow. I've had marshmallow before. That ain't marshmallow. I don't know. Maybe birthday cake. I don't know. I don't. Here's our next bean. I think this might be another Booger one. It's got like a weird, bad sweetness to it. Hmm. No. Nope. Just got hit with a bunch of uh, acidity. Okay, I think this one's vomit. Fortunately, this is a very tame one. But I do think it's vomit. I guess it might be like, oh shoot, the sweetness though, it might have gotten me with a stinky sock again. What do we think, folks? I did commit to vomit. Ugh, what a sentence. <laughs> Name have a good one. Three out of five? Not so much. What do we think it was? Oh no. You must be feeling Dumbledore's pain right now. This unfortunate luck with those beans. Indeed. Uh, Tales of Beat of the Bard? That might be on my list, yeah. The the weird the weird socks ones, yes. The, the weird, the, the, the stinky socks or whatever, they do have a weird sweetness to them and it, it sucks. I do usually miss the socks. The socks, the stinky socks, they're my kryptonite. <laughs> no shame. <laughs> Shots, you must be professional please we're just eating birdie bots every flavor beans and going through flavor notes like it's some sort of wine tasting i don't understand what's what's not straightforward here lavish book says my current girlfriend gave me a vomit one right after we met if i didn't have the biggest crush on her oh my god she'd be dead that was tough i think i committed a vomit but yeah i do think it would have been a more i think it would have a stronger reaction so i don't think I, i get those points i think i got socked again dang it i got socked again come on get it together all right that's three out of five and once again our next bean this is our oh i looked at it so i'm gonna switch with that one out but uh i just want to reiterate uh out of yarn just o-u-t-o-f-y-a-r-n out of yarn on instagram thank you very much for uh spreading the good word about the show remember folks you can uh throw some extra beans on the pile if you share anything with the Hashtag HP out loud or honestly, if I see you otherwise promoting the show, um, just uh, the hashtag does tend to be easier because I can search for it. So, oh, oh, the beans getting to me. Final bean. Let's do this. Oh What else do I have to talk about? I don't know, not much, I don't think. If you're not already on the Discord, um, I would definitely advise that you do so. If you are on the Discord, make sure you head to the relatively new notifications channel so that you can go ahead and select the stuff that you do wanna be hearing about, notified about, and the stuff that you don't wanna be notified about. That way, I don't have to just send out like, hey, everyone here in the Discord, this thing is going on, even though you might not be interested in, for instance, the uh, uh, Disco Elysium playthroughs. So, check out the notifications channel, it's up near the top. Oh, oh, that is a very grassy taste. Ooh. Oh, baby. <laughs> Shotzi says, your sense of fair play is commendable. I appreciate it, I try to be. Um, I've even had some people suggest just like, jump down on it a few times and then swallow them real quick. I think that's outside of the spirit of the uh, the exercise here. I think I really have to marinate in it for a while before it really counts let's see Henny, have a great night um, and uh, great playing with you today the, um, that was a, an awesome session and uh, I hope to see you again next week and don't forget tomorrow I didn't mention this during the uh, the actual stream so I apologize but tomorrow, don't forget um, is our Spout Lore session it is not a stream it's just a Discord meetup to talk about our post-session stuff from Chat Plays Dungeon World Steady tripod and have a great night. All right, time to put a guess in for this. It's got strong, strong grassiness to it. A little bit of bad sweetness. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, it's sticking in my teeth, which is particularly unpleasant. I think that's going to be a booger. Mm, no, I don't want to, I'm not committed to it yet. I think it's booger, but I don't know, it doesn't have that like weird salty I don't know, the the, the, the grass one. Oh! Um I don't know. See I was gonna say stink bug, because that one tends to sneak up on me, but those always taste a little smoky to me. Maybe I'm just misreading this like high profile grassiness. I'm gonna go with stink bug. Why the heck not? Stink bug. Dang it. A <laughs> guy says it was supposed to be dishwasher. Well, what are you going to do? Folks, thank you so much for listening tonight. I've had a great time. Uh, out of Yarn, thank you for promoting the show. Don't forget, folks, if you want to throw some more beans on the pile, uh, give me an extra uh, birdie bot's lambasting. <laughs> Go ahead and uh, share HP out loud. That's the hashtag. Um, Or otherwise promote the show. Remember, the hashtag just makes it easier for me to find out that you've done so, because I can search for it. I hope you have a great week. I will see you next week on Wednesday for Disco Elysium, Thursday for, um, for Chat Plays Dungeon World and Harry Potter, and Friday for our Spout Lore sessions. So for anyone who's doing Spout Lore, I'll see you tomorrow. Otherwise, I'll see you next week, and I hope you have a fantastic one. Goodbye.